Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tools. We've had a little bit of a uh, short gap um, in May, but we're back. And I'm delighted uh, that we've got Andy from The Trades Coach. Um, Andy, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. So, Andy, you've you've been sort of working with trades companies for a while. Do you want to maybe explain what the, the, your company does and uh, how you got into this? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess I, I kicked off my coaching co- sort of career back in about 2006, I think it was. Um, came out of sort of corporate life, which is what a lot of business coaches tend to, to come from. Um, and, you know, started out as a typical kind of vanilla flavored business coach helping all sorts of different types of businesses um, a few years into it I looked at kind of what I was doing and what I was sort of the marketing advice that I was giving my clients which was you know don't try and be everything to everybody you know pick a niche yeah. and go kind of deeper into it um, I kind of wasn't really doing that myself so um, I decided to to niche my business um, and had some you know clients in, in that trade space and i I definitely saw an, an, a real need in, in that area. Um, you know, guys were fantastic, you know, craftsmen at what they what they did, but weren't really kind of earning the kind of money um, right. that they deserved. So that's why I decided to, to go down the, the the track of focusing on the on the construction trades. Fantastic, cool. And and is that was that really how that came about? Was you had a customer who was a was a trade, and and you just sort of were working with them and decided actually there's a bigger opportunity here. Yeah, that was sort of that was sort of part of it. Um, I, I guess I did have a bit of a uh, an epiphany, I, I suppose, of of um, wanting to to to, to sort of specialise um, a, a bit. You know, it's 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 classic marketing one hundred and one of you know market segmentation right. and, and and stuff. Um, and you know, I just felt comfortable in in, in that space. Um, I I like dealing with that type of person. You know, that sort of yeah. salt of the earth type of sort of trades person who, you know, um, tends to tell you you know exactly what they think and wears their heart on their sleeve and stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know they're, they're good people to work with. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing I'm sort of interested in is, you know, the, the sort of common challenges. A lot of our listeners are wrestling with either starting their own business, they're already in the business. What was yeah. the what was the things that you saw initially that, that made you feel that you could help with them? You mentioned marketing, but there are other sort of big things, big topics that, that came up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, most people, you know, start their business in, in, in the trade space um, have had little, if any, kind of training on, on, on how to run a business. Um, and it tends to show quite quickly, um, yeah. particularly around sort of some of the money sort of side of things and things. And you know, yeah. perhaps they've yeah. come off the tools, you know, and they've been earning, you know, thirty-five bucks an hour. So they think that if they're going to be charging forty bucks an hour or forty-five bucks an hour. They think, wow, I'm going to make a fortune here, you know. Um, yeah. And it's it's um, not having the appreciation of of um, the cost of kind of running a business and all the different balls that you've kind of got to juggle in the air. Um, but yeah, particularly around that sort of money sort of side of it, that they do get, a, you know, a, they need an appreciation of um, what do they need to be charging for their time um, so they can, you know, make a profit and, and earn a good living out of it as, as well. 
Yeah, so that seems to be one of the, the commonest things is people that are really, really busy in the trades, but still not making money. And, you know, people often wonder, hey, you're inundated with work. How that, how's that happening? And it often is, um, mm. can be a number of things, but it often is pricing. How does your approach that? How do you get to a point where you, how do you approach it from looking at their P&L and deciding, hey, this should be your hourly hourly charge? Yeah, um, I, I usually um, start off with what I call a, a budget overview with, with my clients and you know usually the mere mention of the word budget makes them kind of stick their fingers in their ears and go la 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 and, and or head for the yeah. hills um but um the, the approach that i take you know looking at that business from a sort of thirty thousand foot view um is to in general terms what does their business um you know financial structure need to look like and what their yeah. uh, what on average they need to be earning in, in, in their jobs and things in order to um, you know um, cover their cover their fixed price costs um, plus pay them a salary plus leave some money at the end of the day um, and what does that mean as far as that kind of gross margin that they need to be making on their jobs um, there's usually at that point there's some real aha moments that, that people have and, and then they can they can sort of see the pieces fit together because um, often you know the only exposure they may have to the financials might be what their accountant gives them you know at the yeah. end of the year yeah. and they give a yeah. financial set of accounts um, they generally don't understand them um, they're prepared for a different reason their financial accounts designed just to comply with the tax you know, laws and things and designed to, you know, reduce the tax as much as possible. Um, and they may not actually be put together in such a way that it's actually useful from a management perspective. So it's giving them a different perspective to, to their business and giving them a few simple kind of, a few simple numbers to, to look at. And, and that usually, you know, with most people, the light bulb comes on and they kind of, and they start to, to get it at that point. Yeah, and the gross margin piece makes make sense to me. Do you, how do you think about for them if you're a you know Sparky, you're a plumber, you're in a different category? How do you think about do you think much about competitive pricing in terms of what they need to charge, what people expect? Is that how does that sort of come into that? Because that's often the thing that people wrestle with is they they come with a hourly rate which they've often got from the person they used to work with or work for historically, and yeah. they've just taken that rate and said, okay, this is the rate that you know plumbers in this area are charging out. How do you how do you think mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, um, well, you, you need certainly have you need to be at least aware of what's happening in the marketplace, and it is about um, getting that right balance. Um, yeah, but, but um, you know, it's it, it, they still need to understand that you know just that hourly rate is only one component of of um, of their pricing, um, and you know it's coming up with that 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 key you know gross margin percentage figure um how they get there um you know can vary a, a bit and you know we, we usually go through examples of different sort of pricing with them and sort of say well okay well you know um if your client's you know saying well i'm, I'm not going to pay any markup on materials or what have you um okay that's fine don't panic you know, if you lose on the swings, right. you can gain on the roundabouts over here. And as long as they understand what the target is, and you know, there is more than one way to kind of skin the cat, um, and they can reach what they kind of need to, um, or at, at least they've got that figure in their mind. Um, and you know, if it's a really fantastic project and they really, really want it, and they're going to learn a lot from it, and there may be some work behind it, okay. 
um, they may go in at a slightly sharper price, but at least they've made that as a clear management decision, knowing right. that they've gone in a little bit low um, and they've got to pick it up some, somewhere else. So it's about arming them with, with the knowledge so then they can make the right kind of management decisions. They, they're just not kind of making those decisions kind of on the fly and, um, and they, you know, will go and go in cheap, but then they realize maybe um, that they need to compensate that somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good point. This sort of intentional decision-making around whether it's loss-making or break-even jobs. Um, and you often see that, I think, in kind of newer trades businesses where they're like, we haven't got any customers. We need to do a few jobs to get word of mouth going. We're prepared to maybe make less on those jobs than we might have done. But I think you make a really good point, which is you've intentionally made that decision knowingly. And it might be a two-week job and you're like, okay, we're not going to make any money out of this. And you, you're prepared to do that. I think what often happens is the surprise of we were really busy for the last three months and we've got no money. Mm. What, you know, what happened? And that's just because by the time they paid for supplies, maybe they've had a subcontractor or they paid for their workforce, whatever, whatever it, that looks like at the end of it, they don't, don't make enough money. And then it, I think it's a good discipline to be able to say no to jobs, right. That, that just don't mm. fall into the parameters of uh, where you want your gross margin, where you want your profit to, to end up, uh, which is, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you, you, you're right. And it's, it's knowing that and, um, you know, like Kenny Rogers say, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them type of thing. Um, and, um, yeah, it is, it is important there that they, that they've got that, that, that base knowledge, because if they don't, the danger is that they just get into a habit of pricing at that kind of level and they never, and they never, and they never get up to the kind of, um, prop, the proper kind of levels where, where they where they need to be right right yeah. good so a kenny rogers uh had a kenny rogers quote um be a few few younger people on the podcast so you might have to explain who he is but um they can maybe <laughs> google that google that afterwards um could you give us an example of someone you you sort of work i mean you've got some great case studies on your website could you give us an example of a real case study of someone you sort of came in who was maybe you know losing money or not making as much as they thought that you sort of came in how you approached that yeah sure um and yeah, you know, I've, I've got lots of, of examples of, of clients that I've worked with. And, and sometimes it's not, it's not all about the money sometimes. You know, sometimes right. it's about um, just, you know, moving them to a, to a better place. Um, and, yes, you know, I've, I've certainly got clients who I've helped with in, in the past who, um, you know, I'm just thinking of a, of, of a builder now, won't, won't mention his name, Um but uh, again, as as quite often happens, it was actually his wife who, who got a hold of me. <laughs> so yeah. I bumped into her um, um, shopping down because we live in the same sort of area. And she, oh, what, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And things. She saw my vehicle and things. Um, my husband needs to talk to you. Um, and uh, again, he was um, the typical kind of builder who was, you know, Love what he did, um, but he was working really, really hard, but really just not really making any, any money. And um, went through one of my one business masterclass process, which is about sort of three to four months. Um, and you know, it was really pleasing to see that you know, the next time that he you know got his accounts done, you know, there was an extra hundred k you know in, in his wow. in his business. You know, um, you know that's. Uh, significant what and what was the what, what was, was the uh, what was driving that just where did you find 100k well again it was just you know well again lots lots of different things and there's there's often there's well there's usually not some you know magic pill that right that that 
there's your problem and, and you can and you can fix it but it's typically a combination of lots of things um and it's you know working right through from the top of the profit loss down down to the bottom and obviously getting getting the pricing better that's that's a that's a critical one um and that's that's probably a big part of it getting getting the price right getting just being more confident in doing the pricing as well um and uh, giving people that knowledge of what what they need to be kind of aiming at you know knowledge is power and, and give you a little bit more confidence to, to, to right. go forward with with the right sort of pricing um and then obviously once you've got that pricing right making sure that that profit doesn't leak out the sides um, particularly in the operation of, of the business and things and you know you're not doing extra work for free and and all these sort of things and and um you know people are sticking to what they say they're going to do and and because particularly with builders it's it's a very it's a complicated business um you deal with lots of sort of sub trades as, as well and, and there's plenty of opportunities for money to leak out of the process so it's you know getting the price right to start with plugging the leaks yeah. um and doing lots of lots of things um the combination of those things is what you know usually usually makes the difference um so you know that was you know good story there and you know he's gone on to to continue to be um you know much more successful which which is great to see i mean it's that's i get huge you know buzz out of that that's what really yeah, kind yeah, of makes yeah it's, it's yeah. sort of what why i do this is why i do what i do you know it's um it's you know, it's a satisfaction of seeing people uh, kind of change their lives a little bit um and you know on, on the other side of the coin that was working with a, with a plumbing company um and he had gone from you know one man band through to had about half a dozen vans on on the road still was doing everything himself um right running running the business as if he was a one-man band basically um and again it was his wife that contacted me because she was concerned that he was about ready to have a heart attack um you know he was a young guy but he was super super stressed yeah. um making good money so it wasn't a money issue um for him it was more like well we need to you know change the structure of your business and yeah and yeah, find out yeah. what what you're doing and of all the different stuff that you're doing on a week-to-week -week kind of basis um analyzing that and you know creating a new kind of part-time office manager type position in the business that so he could focus on the mission critical kind of stuff that he wanted to do and all of the stuff you know arranging the warrant of fitnesses for the vans and stuff which he was he was still doing you know was was done by somebody else um so again yeah that's, that's a common yeah it's a common that and that actually I think you've hit a good point which is it's not always about i mean we're talking about improving your pricing and and obviously making more yeah. money but it's actually often people make plenty of money but it's the uh stress of hours and lack of sort of personal life that they get from from being a you know either a sole trader or if they've got even they've got several people um, and often it is the the stuff you're referring to is the admin stuff, which they neither like or or often don't like, and and sometimes aren't good at as well, which is a really bad combination. Um, mm. So I, I think identifying who that person is and bringing them in, even if it's part time to begin with, it seems to be a big big win. And in many ways, it's sort of why we set you know this business was set up was to um, you know we have the phrase give give traders their life back, but we actually genuinely mean that for many many it's to optimize growth and drive more mm. revenue but for a lot of people actually it's just about how they get some hours back so they don't spend all their hours you know working and then coming home in the evenings and weekends catching up yep. with paperwork so uh, yeah that, that sort of office manager office manager role is really really important and something that many trades i think could uh, benefit from as they get bigger um, yeah for sure 
Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, delegation is, is always a challenge to a lot of business yes. owners um, because there is that there is that Superman mentality, um, often right. particularly with guys, um, that you know if it has to be, it has to be me type, type of thing. Nobody can do it as well as I can. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And um, so we need to go through a process with with those people to address the mental side of delegation first. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then it's the physical. Then it's the physical side of the, de- the delegation. Plus, you know, obviously, with things like like Tradeify is you know great tools to help in the automation sort of side of it. So right. there's you know, delegation and and automation. Um, um, but even with you know something like Tradeify, great tool, um, it still needs to be um, used properly in, in the business. And it's sometimes the softest, the softer people systems around something like Tradeify that I can help them with. I'm not, you know, um, I you know, can't help them so much technically with, with the Tradeify tool, but it's making sure that there's policies and processes on the people right. sort of side of it to make sure that it's used properly. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I think one one sort of side comment, um, which I'm sort of was impressed by, you talked about how you got a, a liveried uh, van and that got you obviously a customer. Um, so I think you've, you've embraced that. I think a lot of trades, uh, we spoke to someone, uh, we spoke to the trading reps, uh, guys in Australia recently. And, you know, there's right. a lot of power actually in marketing. So you're wearing the shirt as well. And it, that, that stuff does seem to, um, I think those sort of random conversations, in fact, you know, we, we hired a company recently and it was because their van was parts in the supermarket and my wife went over and said, Oh, you do exactly what we need. I think it was hedge cutting or something yeah. that, uh, after yep. sort of cutting through several electrical cables uh, she's given up on me doing um and uh, yeah there was someone right there and then it's it's really powerful and i think so uh, yeah kudos to you for doing that and then the other sort of um you know when you think about the trades companies you've worked with and you've probably worked with quite a few by now do you is there is there things common things that you recommend do you have like a list of sort of the, the top three things that you'd say to a trade owner today that they should think about or do um yeah i i guess we hopped on a little bit about the number sort of side of it, but yeah. you know, I, I'll, I'll keep on beating that drum because I think that is that is really critical for yeah. a, a business owner to to um, to gain some knowledge in. And um, you know, and you know, I don't try and turn my trading clients into accountants, and they don't need to be. Obviously, yeah. they've got all of those skills there, but it, it's um, it's really really important as a business owner to be able to have a better appreciation of you know kind of what's happening in in, in the business um and you know i i use the analogy with with people typically of you know you're driving down the road and you you um you're probably not a qualified mechanic so you don't know exactly what's happening in the engine and stuff like that but you've got your dashboard down in front of you so you can glance down and you can sort of see you know what's the fuel level like and what's the speed is and are there any red lights blinking on the dashboard um they need something similar in their business to be able to to give them that kind of feeling of of control um, that they can right. sort of know what's going on um, better, um, but you know, again, some people still drive their business as if they're driving their vehicle with a bit of cardboard over the dashboard, you know, and then they kind of think, oh, I think I've got enough fuel to get home, but I'm not too sure, type of thing, um, you know. So, I think that's that's really important. Um, so that that would be one. Um, obviously, you know. Staffing these days um, has been a, a major right. problem getting people, yeah. um, and so it's it's you know critical I think to 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 be focusing um, 
on the staff retention and the, and the culture sort of side of, of, of the business because you know, everybody's kind of thinking, oh, it's so hard to get more people and they spend so much energy trying to, you know, hire people, but you've got to make sure that people aren't kind of escaping out the back, back door. Um, of course, yeah, yep. yeah. So I think- how do, um, how do you, I mean, it's worth dwelling on that because that's a really important point that comes up a lot, I think is around, and it's sort of, you know, Andy, for everyone's background, you're based in New Zealand. Um, which for, for a long period due to COVID and other reasons sort of had borders closed. And so it's been mm. even more challenging for um, people in construction and trades to, to find the right people and hire them. How have you approached that? So what's your template for helping people think through the importance of, of culture and how they hire people? Yeah, well, I think it's, um, you know, and I put together a, a sort of recruitment and retention guide last year, I think it was for, for people just, um, again, a getting to, to think, um, longer term strategically about making sure that they that they've got some you know good solid retention processes in, in, in the business um, and that there is um, that they do crystallize what the what the kind of core values are in their business because a lot of you know most businesses have some sort of culture in, in the business by default um, unfortunately if you if you if you don't kind of crystallize that and, and work on it then it can drift a little bit, you know, and it'll tend to drift to the, where the no, wherever the noisiest person is. And if unfortunately, if that's a negative kind of person, then that will drag the culture down. Yeah. So it's really important to, to proactively stamp a, a positive kind of set of core values on on, yeah. the, on the team, um, and that helps, um, you know, in a number of ways. Obviously, it helps to to make sure you, you your current guys. Are a little bit more happier and and working together as a team and having a good time and and stuff like that and also performing. It's not all about you know rainbows and unicorns here. It's it's you know there's some positive you know some harder edge performance aspects to it as well. Um, but if you can you know correct that sort of culture, it makes it a little bit easier to attract people to it because you know um, with any luck you 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 know you can get your guys to actually go out there and you know, maybe shoulder tap some of their mates and sort of say, hey, come work for us, you know, it's, it's a great place and the boss is awesome and we're doing this, this and this and, you know, we get yeah. you know, rewarded yeah. for doing extra stuff. So um, you can start to harness your existing team as as some salesmen for you for the for future positions um, rather than just, you know, whacking up an ad on Trade Me or whatever you and, you know, looking for a team player, must have own tools, reliable, blah, 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 you know, um, exactly the yeah. same as everybody else is doing. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a marketing exercise now, you know, or has been the last sort of year or two or three, you know, finding people is, is a marketing exercise and you have to treat it as a marketing exercise. Um, it's certainly not, you know, back of the days where you could put up an ad and, you know, reliably get, you know, 10 or 15 people apply to it. That ain't happening. No, no, 100%. And then sort of for those people that are listening that are thinking about going out on their own, they might be in a business with someone else at the moment working for a large company. What's the sort of advice you give to those people? What's the number one thing you think they should think through um, before they sort of make that big step of starting their own business? Um, I think, um, again, apart from the numbers, getting some skills in, in there and, uh, you know, finding a, a, a good accountant who can can help you in that sort of space good business yeah. coach obviously as well um i think it's also important to think about um what is your value proposition you know what are you going to be taking yeah. into the, into yeah. the marketplace and um 
you know, what's the problem that you're going to be helping people to solve? Or, or what is the somebody's dream that you're going to help them a, achieve? So, you know, it's important, I think, to, to be doing, going into business on the basis of, it's it's not about you going into business. It's about you know it's about potentially your customers and right. you know, how are you, how are you going to um, how are you going to be able to um, inspire people to hire you you know um, because you know there's you know there it's still a competitive market out out there no doubt about that so um, you have to come up with a compelling proposition for why people want to hire you um, yeah. So um, those are a couple of couple of things I, I think you know the financial side of it. Yeah, I, I I mean the one about the um, thinking about who your customer is I think is really really important. I think understanding what it is you're gonna gonna be um, you know that you can focus on I think makes a huge difference when businesses go out there. And then yeah. you know from all the conversations you're having um, and there's there's sort of two sides to this question. One is any trends you're seeing in the that you think might change things in the future for for trades companies. And then there's probably a Sort of secondary, less positive question, but you know, clearly the financial market, something that's happening in the world at this present time. You know, do you think there's an impact on trades, and how should they be thinking about that? Um, well, certainly the last, uh, well, I guess the last six to twelve months, maybe even the last sort of six months in particular, I suppose, have, have um, there has been a change in the marketplace. No doubt no, no, no about that. Um, I mean, everybody kind of thought that, you know, when COVID came over, oh my God, you know, it was going to be a recession and stuff like this. And, right. and um, for the construction industry, it was Went the down, other way. Down here, it was in the other way, you know. So, yeah. you know, it was everybody was spending their, their overseas holiday money on, on a new kitchen or something like that. So that was fantastic. And that kind of um, that gave the industry another little boost. Um, that's that is certainly changing from you know what we hear out there as far as particularly sort of residential kind of um, interest is starting to flatten off and, and and dip a little bit and what and what have you inquiry levels coming down um, for all sorts of factors you know inflation and and money tightening and obviously right. supply lines are you know terrible um, so yes people need to be conscious of that and. Um, and hone their business to make sure that they they can still be relevant in, in, in the space and maybe come up with a plan B, okay, if things do start to drop off and we have lesser inquiries, how are we going to react to, to that and what have you? Right, yeah. Um, so, you know, that certainly is is out there and people need to, to think about it rather than just hope that it's not going to affect them and, you know, um, wish for the best. Hope is never a very good strategy. Yeah. Um, other trends. I mean, longer term trends. Um, probably, you know, sustainability is 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 yeah. a trend that um, is out there in quite a lot of well, obviously a lot of industries. And um, so, there's no reason why you know the construction trades would be anything different. Um, you know, construction generally is you know in, in the past has not been a particularly sustainable focused industry and stuff as far as waste and, and what have you so yeah that is starting to change so um so there's a trend um and you know i've got one or two clients one, one in particular i can think of who's builder who you know years ago started to be focusing on that aspect um and that's you know put him now in a, in a very strong position because he's right. getting people come to him and architects and what have you who also have that kind of sustainability kind of 
um, flavor to them, seeking him out um, because that's that's been his kind of niche. Right. So so yeah. you know there's some positives to those. Yeah, I, no, I, I I think it's a direction. It's it's going to be going that way, and there'll be consumers that will demand demand it as well, which is uh, both a potential threat, but also really just view it as an opportunity. I think for trades to to be able to go after those go after those customers. Right, we always finish on a rapid few. I'm quite interested in some of your answers on these. Rapid few questions. This has been great, by the way, and uh, re really okay. helpful. Before I dive into the questions, anyone that's in New Zealand who might be interested in having a chat with you, um, who's listening, how can they how can they track you down? What's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, well, probably probably the best way is just jump on the website, um, www.tradescoach.co.nz, yeah. and um, there's plenty of resources there on the website they can help themselves to, and there's an opportunity there to, to request a book-in for a, a strategy sign a session, so there's no no cost yeah. for that. So that's probably the best way to, to, to do that. Yeah, um, cool. You know, or grab us, you know, phone us on mobile, 027 688 6721, and um, I'll see if I can answer the call there. Great. Cool, All thanks, right. Andy. All right. So, if you if you were in the trades, if you were going to pick a trade, with the experience you've had working with trades, what what would it be? Yeah, I thought about that, and um, um, I don't understand electricity. Electricity, it's always been a mystery to me. So that's probably that counts that one out. Um, plumbing, mm, I don't know, a bit messy. So I would pick builder, builder or joiner, maybe joiner. So yeah, nice yeah. keeping keeping side with the joinery sort of stuff. So it's, you don't have to be out there in the in the horrible weather. So yeah, yeah, cool. And I'm sure you like all of your clients that you've worked with, but do you have a favourite type of client that you enjoy sort of working with? Yeah, I, I, I guess um, you're right. I mean, I've got my clients have all different kind of flavours and, and different needs and what have you. But for me personally, it's always nice to work for a client that um, is maybe doing okay, but they just they want to get better. So they've kind of got yeah. that, that, that kind of... Um, inspirational kind of drive or visionary kind of drive um, so you know that's always a nice thing to work for because um, you know it's like even though they're really good they just want to get better and so they, they're keen to sort of implement new, new ideas which is always good yeah yeah cool and then you know there's a lot of myths about coaching and business coaching all that stuff in general um, my experience so far on this podcast is I've spoken to lots of trades that have whether it's been a local business network or a coach they've met um, have only said positive things. It's worked really, really well from them, made a, a big difference in their trajectory. Any myths that you think you would um, sort of could talk to that aren't true? Uh, well, people look, I guess, at the, uh, the, the cost, I suppose, is, is right. one aspect of it. Oh, it's too expensive and things like this, but, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, super expensive. Um, you know, I, I try and keep my, my costs as, as reasonable as, as possible, and there are, you know, particularly within New Zealand, there's one or two opportunities to, to get some co-funding for, for what I do, which which really kind of takes the money issue off, off the table, to be, to be fair. Um, and, you know, so it... It is about you know recognizing what I can do is going to be adding significant value, and right. you know if if you don't get sort of five to ten times the kind of payback um, on what you know what you you pay me, then I'm doing it wrong, you know, type of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Cool. Great. And then anyone you come across that you think we should speak to next on the podcast that you think is interesting? Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I probably don't want to give any names, but yeah, there's probably plenty of people who who I've uh, worked with who you know got some stories and things like this that because uh, I, I haven't sort of checked with them to be to be honest. No, so, no, that's totally fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. So, okay, um, great. I will I will circle back to you and then and give you a couple of names to to check with. So, I never um, appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah.
Yeah, cool. All right. Well, Andy Burrows from the Trades Coach uh, in New Zealand. Andy, we really appreciate it. But this is a great, great conversation. I think some really useful tips for people to think through. And I think if you are, we have lots of international listeners, but if you if you are happen to be in New Zealand uh, and you're in the area, it sounds like it's worth booking a strategy session. Seems like a bit of a no-brainer um, if you're local to Andy. Cool, Andy. Um, awesome. Thanks again. Really appreciate you spending the time. Uh, and to everyone else, um, as always, if you could give us any feedback, and if you want to be on the podcast as well, if you're listening and you think you'd uh, have an interesting conversation, please hit us up on the show notes. There'll be an email. You can send us uh, an email. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Um, until next time. Thanks, everyone. See ya. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the Tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review. And be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.